This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can watch us on ESPN2. Listen to us on all the great ESPN stations across the country, the ESPN app. Sweet cash money was rolling, Smalls. Oh, yeah. Oh, Channel 80. Stun like my daddy. Stun like my daddy. Birdman. He used my headphones once. What do you mean he used your headphones? Birdman. He came to ESPN. He did a car wash. He didn't have headphones. I was a producer at the time, so I let him use my headphones. Hopefully that went a lot better than his appearance on The Breakfast Club. Um, I don't know what that was about. I, that, yeah, I know there was some smoke in that studio, though. Yeah. Oh. So hopefully it was a lot more chill when Birdman came to cool. your studio. It was cool. Okay. He was right, wearing gotcha. like a great scarf. It was, okay. it was awesome. Oh, he always had the Gucci scarves on, right? Oh, Didn't this he? one was Alexander McQueen. The skulls. You oh, know, wow, that's next level. Oh, yeah. The McQueen, next level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. But yeah, on me. Birdman uh, and I share headphones. Yeah. No big the deal. road to the World <laughs> Series goes through ESPN Radio. You can catch all the postseason action on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, as you did last night, of course, with the Rangers advancing. They're just destroying everybody. They won last night 7-1 over Baltimore. They sweep the Orioles three games. If you're watching on the TV side, you see a little mason jar or whatever oh. it's called in the middle of our table here. CC has got his hands on it, and you see a dollar bill in there. We have started a bad take jar to which Smalls has donated $1 because she had the Orioles going to the World Series. They mm, were already eliminated mm, last mm. night. The Astros win 9-1 over Minnesota, and the Astros are now one game away from the ALCS. Seventh straight year in the ALCS, which has Chris Canty and others annoyed because of the fact Smalls annoyed as well. Because of all the cheating allegations and confirmations with the Astros over the course of time, that there is this once a cheater, always a cheater approach in sports that we look at people and say, okay, well, if you kind of did this, we still have that question about you. No? No, I just hate that you refer to them as allegations when it's on the record that they actually cheated. No, I change it to confirmation. We know exactly what they did. Exactly. Exactly. Not allegations. We know about the watches. We know about the trash cans. We know about the cameras. We know about it all. We've mentioned it all, okay? Yeah, I'm salty. Listen, I'm a Yankees fan. I'm salty. I have a right to be upset about it. Right? This team is awful. I'm not blaming the Astros on how bad the Yankees have been the last three years. But as a Yankees fan, I could have more vitriol toward the Astros because our last best chances of getting back to the World Series in 2017 and 2019, you were the team that ousted us. So, yeah, I'm a little bit bitter. And maybe this is a little bit of a rant. And maybe nobody wants to hear it out there. I'm a little sour. I'm a little salty. But I feel like it's my right to because they admittedly cheated in those seasons. Now, Everybody else cheats to some degree, and they did it better, but I think they also took it to a level that nobody else was, was cheating at. Okay, but Just follow say. up on that. Just say. Do you, do you let it go when you're looking at a team slash an athlete relative to cheating either allegations or confirmations? For example, Andy Pettit, for you, mm-hmm. and the Astros for that matter, big-time pitcher. Yeah. Andy Pettit owned the fact that he used PEDs. Yeah. Okay? Did you ever let that go? Or yeah, you I let it go because everybody else, everybody else was using PEDs too. Yeah. So as long as it's to your yeah, it was a le- it was a level playing field because everybody else, pretty much everybody else in baseball was using PEDs. It was a blind eye. Not everybody else in baseball were using the replay cameras to actually steal signs. Like yeah, stealing signs with the Apple watches, that's one thing. You know, uh, there were degrees, there were levels to this. But the Astros, based on the report that Rob Manfred had in 2020, like the Astros did it at another level. Yeah. It was it was a coordinated plot with so many people at their home ballpark involved in order to get them the information and then how they relayed it to the batters to gain an unfair competitive advantage. Nobody else was doing that in baseball. It was next level for sure. But yeah. I have a question for both of you. Yeah. Is 
Does it feel less egregious if it's one person who cheated as opposed to an entire team? Because when we talk about the steroid era, you can point to one player and say, oh, well, he cheated. But then you you don't want to fault the entire team for one person's actions. Whereas with the Astros, this was a collective that was cheating. This was something that was premeditated, that was acted upon for a long period of time. And I I think a lot of people feel the same way, Evan, about the Patriots. Whether it's a system or 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 just a one-off. It's basically the question. Like you, you believe when you look at the Astros or the Pats, for that matter, that it's systematic cheating. Yes. It was systemic, yeah. Right. Yes, systemic, better word. Um, which may be the same word I pronounced it incorrectly. But do you look <laughs> at that as like what about NCAA violations? Like what about when a school has NCAA oh. violations? You just assume as long as that same coach is there that they're always doing something wrong. I mean, do we take it to that approach? If you've done it once, I know you're capable of it. So why would I just assume because you got a slap on the wrist? And in this case with the Houston Astros, only Jeff Lunau and A.J. Hinge really suffered the brunt of this. Mm-hmm. All of the players. Carlos Beltran. Carlos, but but I don't think he will carry the stigma in the same way that Oh, he did because he was going to be the Mets manager and, and that stuff yeah, came yeah, out of his Yeah, but he'll not. get another chance. He'll, yeah. he'll, he'll no, get his that's opportunity. Fair. He'll probably he'll get, get his opportunity. Yeah. Whereas no, these fair. two, I don't think will. Well, Hinch is managing current. Oh, I'm, well, Jeff Luna is going to be yeah. out forever yeah. is what I mean. But I just think when it is a collective group of people that do it, it carries more weight for us. We feel that. a little bit more indignant about it. Right. So, the, so you're looking, no matter what happens with the Astros, you look at it as there was a system in place that started this whole thing and who knows what happens if that system is not in place and they may not not be on the verge of going to their seventh straight ALCS. I don't agree, but I understand where you're coming from on that because you can't fight it off with teams like the Astros and Patriots. I don't want to validate any of their success. I I mean, listen, they they cheated better than anybody else. Uh, There's a part of me, a a very small part of me, that's jealous that my team couldn't cheat or get an unfair competitive advantage as well as the Astros did. But I, as a Yankees fan, will never be able to look at the Astros' success past or present and say, hey, I got to give props to him. I will never do that because of how the dynasty, because of how all of the success got started. Well, easy transition then to the Pats because we got something on them, but I want to ask you on that. Like when you would play the Patriots, knowing what you would know, do you think you were playing on a fair playing field? No, no, but it's okay, (laughs) though, because I actually bested them in a game that matters the most in the Super Bowl in 2011. Okay, so so now moving on. um... Does that feel (laughs) better? if If I didn't win the Super Bowl, I would feel a way about the Patriots. But I actually won a Super Bowl against them. So it's okay, but I understand why other people in football look at them different. Like, if you're the Indianapolis Colts, knowing that you were in a conference championship game and you got roasted the way you did and how you had turnovers and how they didn't have turnovers, and then you hear about the flake gate and how the fumbles were down in comparison or relative to the rest of the league for the Patriots in that given season – it makes you feel a way about the success that they were able to have in them winning that championship. Again, I don't want to detract from what Bill Belichick and Tom Brady were able to do because you've got to be good and have a lot of breaks. But I'm not going to sit here and say the unfair competitive advantage that they routinely sought out didn't give them an opportunity to have the excellence that we've seen over the past two decades. So speaking of Brady and Belichick, because I'd like to ignore what CeCe just said as a past <laughs> fan, um, Brady does a podcast on SiriusXM, Let's Go Podcast. And I've said it. Nobody seemed to believe me that the most supportive guy of Belichick has always been Brady publicly. Now, you could say it's kind of lip service and he just always does the right things. Well, Jim Gray and Tom Brady discussed Belichick and his status with the Pats on Let's Go, courtesy of SiriusXM. I think the results are are different from what they've been from, but I know that he's still got the same you know, work ethic. He's got the same coaching style. And, you know, I think the thing that I think as I watch not only the Patriots, but a lot of other things, football's a hard sport. 
You know, it was very different when I was in there because I could control a lot of the outcome. You know, when I'm sitting here watching from afar, you know, I realize, God, there's a lot of variables. There's a lot of things that need to go right in order to have team success. And I was a part of a lot of those teams. And, you know, I didn't take any of those things for granted. I needed a great defense. I needed a great kicker. Obviously, I needed a great coach. I needed great receivers and a great O-line. If I was going to be successful as a player, I needed all those things. And I was fortunate to have a lot of those things over a long period of time. The teams that lose, they're putting a lot into it. The teams that win, they're putting a lot into it. It's a relentless sport. God, he's the best. Oh, he's, he's the best. I'm, you okay? No, he's just he's just perfect at everything. I mean, he just like what he said is so dead on. It was defending Belichick without actually saying anything about Belichick. Mm-hmm. Other than if you take him at his word, you got to have a great line, you got to have a great kicker, you got to have receivers whatever. The Patriots have none, none of those things, mm-hmm. which ultimately falls on Belichick, but he's always been supportive of Belichick. He's never taken shots at him publicly on the record at least. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. It's easy to take shots at Belichick now because of how the team is struggling, but I think Brady acknowledges that good players can't overcome bad coaching, and he knows that Belichick was instrumental in his development Mm -hmm. and ascent as as the greatest football player of all time. So I think there is a level of appreciation there, but we can't conflate the two things. It's not as if we can't appreciate Belichick while simultaneously acknowledging that he's – not having the same impact as a head coach that we've seen him have in the past. And when you look at what the Patriots have done, I mean, they're talking about them having the worst points per game. They're dead last in points per game in the National Football League, mm-hmm. last in points per drive, last in offensive EPA. I mean, points per drive, you're talking about it being the worst since 2006. Like, that, that, that that's almost 20 years ago. Like, that's how bad the Patriots' offense has been. Now, with Bill Belichick, the saving grace has always been the defensive side of the ball, and he's one of the best defensive game planners ever. Mm-hmm. But losing you know, two of his top starters in Christian Gonzalez, the rookie out of Oregon, and then Matt Jitton, it's only going to get worse for the Patriots. This thing gets uglier before it gets better, yeah. and I don't know that Bill Belichick is going to be a part of the rebuild when it gets better. You had some of the stats there, Cece. The one that pops out to me, the, pa- the Patriots have gone 24 straight drives without a point scored. Huh. It's the longest single-season streak by any team since the 2008 Browns. Yeah. The 2008 Browns. Yeah. Not good. No. But if I'm Tom Brady, why would, why would I come out and bash Bill Belichick? Why would I give any insight into maybe why this has gone wrong in New England? It's just not a good look for him. It's not beneficial for him. But I bet if you got him... Fireside, no cameras, no mics, maybe a little uh, avocado tequila in his hand. <laughs> he could tell you some stories. Do so you think Brady is sitting there and he's smiling at the Patriots' lack of success right now? I don't think he's oh, smiling. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, oh. I, I disagree. You do? I disagree, Smalls. Because, because he wins you the never want, you never see, want to see your ex do better. You just don't. You want to, You never want to see your ex do better with the next. That's just what it is. So the guy that, that Bill Belichick picked – First-round quarterback, Mac Jones out of Alabama, and the way that he struggled, the way that we've seen him regress year over year, Tom Brady's sitting back and saying, yep, it's not Bill Belichick. It's not him. It's not the system. It's not all. It's me. I was the, 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 I was the thing that stirred the drink out there in Foxborough, and now everybody's realizing it. How much better does Tom Brady look now that we've seen these last three or four years with Bill Belichick without him? I mean, it's the glow, the glow up is unbelievable. And the fact that Brady went down and won a Super Bowl in Tampa, that's, that's just the icing on top of the cake. But I mean, you got Shannon Sharp on first take saying that you were the ultimate eraser in terms of being able to hide all of Bill Belichick's missteps. I mean, you, you can't script a better ending for Tom Brady in terms of his glow up 
post New England Patriots. And the fact that he goes down to Tampa and he's seemingly having so much fun. People talk yeah. about how tough it was in New England, how Belichick's system was a grind, how you weren't really having a lot of fun. He goes down to Tampa, he's having a blast. He we saw a different version of him mm-hmm. there. And I think that that also lends itself to the conversation if he's out of the equation in today's war in 2023 in the NFL, can the the Bill Belichick system work? With like, the right quarterback, certainly. And Belichick, I mean, I mean, this I is mean, the thing. Like, Belichick says it, though. Small's like, nobody wants to acknowledge this. When we're talking about the verses, Belichick says it's Brady. He's the one that says it all the time. He says players win games, coaches lose games. He's proven that this year pretty clearly. And so he but he's always picking the said, players. <laughs> I, right. So you, it's fine if we're going to critique him. There's a difference between, like, CeCe, you've been hard on Belichick. I'm fine How have with, I been hard on him? I think I've just been honest on Belichick. Well, that's okay, but— the honest truth. Honest. The numbers are the numbers. The honest it truth is. is hard to hear. Okay. Okay. Right. Respectfully. That, like, respectfully. Respectfully. As a Patriots fan. That's right. Respectfully, Evan. But the reality is, you're right in what you're saying. That there's a difference between that and he should be out next year. Brady has always said, "I'm never the player that I was without him." We're never winning the Super Bowls without him. And Belichick has always said, he's the reason. He's the system. And yet we keep going with the verses. Now, Smalls, you brought up a great point. We go with the verses because they got divorced. They didn't end it. They got divorced. Belichick chose to move on. It was obviously the wrong decision at this point. I don't, I don't even know how anybody, including me, could argue it at all. Coming up, has the past shown us enough at the quarterback position to know what's going to come to the future? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. If you're watching on ESPN2, that's kind of like our Billions opening scene shot for our show. Out of the way. It's like Succession. Are we in the- I've never seen an episode. You've never do, seen do. Succession? No. You got problems. I, don't <laughs> I know I do. but Fco, I don't get it. I don't get it, Fco. <laughs> you got problems, man. I don't get it. Succession get it. is amazing. I feel like it's a part of your job to be up on the latest shows on yeah. television. Like, Succession is amazing. I'm not saying it's not. I just haven't seen it. You got to check it out, though. That's it's, what I'm saying. You would we love need you it. to get involved. Oh, we need bad. you to know Business, when we make these drama. references to Kendall Roy and we talk about the different sports figures that totally. have a little Kendall Roy in them. Yeah. Does Mark Davis have a little Kendall Roy in him? We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Mm, yeah, he's he's past Kendall Roy, though. Can you give like, a 30-second like synopsis I feel, I feel of who like Kendall the, Roy is? I feel like the weird that Mark Davis is bringing into the table is on, on, a, on a 
way further down the line on the spectrum than Kendall Roy. I just see him throwing a birthday party for himself, Kendall Roy style. Uh, yes, I can, can see that. Can you explain what this means to those I'm who trying, don't speak the language here? I'm trying to. I want what, to get, uh, give a 30-second synopsis of Kendall Roy from Success. Uh, I can't, I can't okay. put it into words. It feels like the Matrix. You actually have to see it to know what it is. Like that, That's where I feel like the whole Kendall Roy experience. Maybe yeah. Small's got it. Small's He's got the got oldest son in a a very wealthy and prominent media conglomerate family. Right. And he is a man baby that thinks he's the smartest person in the room, but has really just been coddled and, you know, taken care of his entire life. I don't know that Mark Davis is that. But everybody but says good things more, about Mark Davis except I, no, no, when he's gambling in an it's, airport it's by the baggage the, claim. It's more that like uh I can't really discern what's happening around me vibes. Yes, yes. It's not his his personality is not akin to Kendall Roy, but like the fact that he wears the haircut and he's at the slots with me, the people like me, the regular folks, waiting for his baggage at the regular airport. Now Kendall Roy would be on the PJ wearing, yes. you know, head to toe Ferragamo. Yes. But it's just the like the lack of self-awareness, yes. I think, is a little bit Got like Kendall Roy. Okay, so quickly then, Cece, you say I have to be up on TV shows right now. It's part of my job, which I like that as a, as a on my task list. Yeah. Oh, it's not going to happen during, during football season. Yeah, we don't have we time. acknowledge that. We don't have time for that during well, football season. I just say, the, the number one winter. show out right now for you guys, because I'm morning show and billions are the two for me that I'm watching the most. Is there anything, or you guys are literally, you pause TV watching until after football? Yeah, I don't know if I've watched any. Okay. Oh, yeah. I watched the Beckham documentary over the weekend, which was Oh, great. that's not a TV uh, show. That's not, what, yeah, that's not what like he's saying. He's not saying that. really good. No, that's in my assignment here. I don't think that's what the assignment. Have you watched was. Game of Thrones? Never. Ooh. That's Have not you watched my the kind Sopranos? of show. Uh, the way that Game of Thrones ended, though, I don't it's know terrible. that he needs to get terrible. involved. Yeah, terrible. Have you watched it. Sopranos? No. <gasps> have you not seen the now that's terrible. I get it. This well, it was on when I was in college. Attack. I didn't have HBO uh, in college. It feels like a personal. Yeah, attack. I, I don't. I don't understand. What, I've what's seen every episode of Entourage maybe seven times. If that counts. But why rewatch the episodes bad? of Entourage when you can watch Sopranos? Correct. It's no, the I'm, single but I'm not anti. So here's the time. thing. Uh, um, Sopranos at some point I will watch from start you to finish. You will watch it. Okay. Game of Thrones I will never watch. I have no You're interest. Not miss- the way that it ended, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say it. So you You're feel like you wasted your time because I wasted the ending my, was so I wasted bad. my time on Game of Thrones, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That's All how right. I feel about Lost. I'll never get that time back. No, right? <laughs> it was Lost. My wife watched Lost like crazy and then it just... Yeah, I think everybody kind of hated it. All right, so quarterbacks in the NFL. There's a new theory we now have. So it's an evolution of an old theory that I've thrown out that that we've discussed. But now that CeCe has added a new uh, layer and wrinkle to this, and this is how we want everybody to evaluate quarterbacks moving forward. It's the Mm -hmm. unsportsmanlike theory. Uh, Forget QBR or anything like that. It's the USL. That's all you need to do, unsportsmanlike. Here's what it is. I've said forever – the mark of a good football team is when the quarterback can outperform the contract. That's simple. It's one sentence. CeCe then went and looked at the last 10 years of quarterbacks that made it to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Nine of the 20 quarterbacks that made it to the Super Bowl over the last – or appearances from a quarterback because some yeah. guys had multiple times. Nine of them were on rookie-scale deals when they made it to the Super Bowl. Meaning, my point is, is validated and verified of outperform the contract, you're paying them so little. The evolution of it is what we've discussed today is the concept of if you're in year three of a quarterback, you have to make a decision on that fifth-year option. If at any given point your organization then says or fan base says, you know, I'm not sure. Do we want to extend them? Do we want to give that fifth-year option? Do we want to franchise them? If for one split second you have the doubt, you probably know you don't have the guy. And it's three years in. Because if you look at the guys that made it to the Super Bowl, you knew immediately. 
Yeah, I and mean, that doesn't mean they started immediately. No, but you knew immediately. Yeah, like Russell Wilson, you knew. Okay, he went back to back Super Bowls on a rookie contract. Like you feel like you can do some winning with that guy, oh, yeah. right? Exactly. Now it doesn't feel like that right now in Denver. But I digress. All I'm simply saying is this: we talked about the nine quarterbacks in the last ten Super Bowls that were on rookie contracts. Okay, seven of those other quarterbacks were Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, both of them having multiple appearances. And then you've got in there Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Those would be the outliers. Good quarterbacks, not great. Guys that are making top-of-the-market money, and their team was able to thread that needle with the supporting cast around them and get to a Super Bowl. I feel like from a roster construction standpoint, that is exponentially harder than doing it the other two ways, which is having a quarterback on a rookie deal or it's having a Hall of Fame quarterback. Mm-hmm. And that's the position that the Dallas Cowboys find themselves in. So when Jerry Jones talks about Dak Prescott absolutely being able to get us to the Super Bowl, I don't know how he can have that kind of conviction. Now, we also know this is a guy that believes one plus one is three, and he's got to believe that. Maybe he's selling himself that he's got to believe in Dak Prescott because he has limited options um, in terms of what he can do with Dak moving forward because this is a quarterback that has a $60 million cap hit in 2024. The Cowboys can't cut him, obviously. They're either going to have to pay him again or trade him again. And the question now becomes – Not only can you win a Super Bowl with Dak, but it's can you win a Super Bowl with Dak while Dak is making $55, $56, $57 million a year, which is what the market is going to dictate. I I don't know how you can believe that that would be a yes, given what we've seen from Dak Prescott against good teams in the postseason. So the financials are obviously a huge component of this, but just based on what you've seen out of him, I almost even want to, and this is not fair, but if you take this most recent San Francisco game out of the mix, because I think that compounds the problems that he's had in the postseason. Sure. I think you could get to a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott. I really do. I think that he has been good enough in stretches that you could get to a Super Bowl with him. Now, if they play the 49ers down the road, I don't feel great about it. But I think I think that despite the turnovers, despite the bad decision-making at times, he's shown enough in his career that he is physically capable. He has enough of a strong skill set at the quarterback position that he could get you to a Super Here's Bowl. Here's the problem, though, with that. You then suggest he's an outlier because the two ways of doing this, as we're kind of using the last 10 years as evidence— or either if you're on a rookie deal, easy to outperform your contract, or regardless of what I'm paying you, I know you can outperform it. Also known as Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Also known as Tom Brady. Also known as Peyton Manning. Yes. Right? Yes. The, I could pay you literally 100% of the cap, and I believe you could outperform that. So you need to be one of those two guys. Dak is in between. And the in-between guys is few and far between. That if you think about who's going to go to the Super Bowl this year, right? You think San Francisco. It's going to be easy for Brock performed uh, Brock Purdy to outperform his contract. Jalen Hurts' contract extension still has not kicked in. No, it doesn't kick in until yeah next year. <laughs> easy to outperform. Yeah. What are we talking about? Right. You're talking about Cincinnati in the past. Joe Burrow was on a rookie scale deal. Detroit. Jared Goff is middle of the pack in terms of payment. What other teams you want to? Josh Allen. I don't agree with this, but a lot of people would say regardless of what you pay him, he can outperform it. Lamar Jackson, same kind of thing. So. Where is Dak? Dak is in that no man's land of the anomaly of can he really outperform that contract if it's so high and he's not on the rookie deal? That's not the formula for success. And then what it does to the Dallas Cowboys roster because they still got to pay C.D. Lamb. They still have to pay Michael Parsons. Mm -hmm. And that number is only going to be higher. Think about it. He's going to get $35 million a year. So 
I, I just wonder if you make that kind of commitment to Dak Prescott, are you going to be able to get it done with him as your starting quarterback? Now, here's the thing. I'm with you, Smalls, because there could be a scenario where Dak gets traded to a team that's a ready-made contender. They've got a lot of good pieces in place and guys that are on the cheap that are that, that are on rookie deals, mm-hmm. and Dak can you know take advantage of that. But based on where the Cowboys are right now in their program building, I don't know that they can pay Dak that kind of money, top-of-the-market quarterback money, while they have all these other players graduating to getting paid, you know, you know, top of the market at their respective positions. I just don't know that it can work out with Dak and Dallas. We're probably scaring a lot of franchises, uh, fan bases, because if this formula, the outperform as a rookie or outperform on any deal and anywhere in between, you're not going anywhere, you should be scared out there if your team fits in that middle right now. Coming up, how many quarterbacks is the clock ticking for? I think we just added to the list. We'll get to that next on Sportsman like ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Run this town. Let's go. Let's go. Run this town. Let's go. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. ESPN 2. ESPN app, Sirius XM, and the Great Stations. I'm just, uh, it's your boy, <laughs> young CC, young Smalls. Uh, F going to build it. Here's what the evolution of our quarterback conversation today is fascinating. So uh, here's where we're at, because it all stems from Jerry Jones saying that Dak Prescott still can win a Super Bowl, and we're not saying he's wrong. What we're saying is, because how would we know? But What we're saying is, based on the last almost 20 years in the NFL, you either need to have a quarterback on his rookie deal or a short-fire Hall of Famer or you're not going to win a Super Bowl. The one exception to that rule, since Brad Johnson and Trent Dilfer won in the early 2000s, the one exception is Matthew Stafford. But there's an argument. And he could could end up in the Hall of Fame. He could make the Hall of Fame based on compiling stats. But I don't think anybody had Matt Stafford as a Hall of Famer before he went to L.A. No. So what we're looking at is if you're an NFL team out there and you're looking at your quarterback, you need to ask two questions of yourself. Is he on his rookie deal? And is he going to the Hall of Fame? And if the answer is no and no, you're not going to win a Super Bowl. You have no shot. Dak Prescott right now is not a Hall of Famer and not on his rookie deal. It becomes exponentially harder, right? The two easiest paths, and it's not easy to win a championship, obviously, but the easiest paths – 
having a Hall of Fame quarterback because he's always going to outperform his contract no matter what he's making, or you have a quarterback on a rookie deal because the assumption is he's making peanuts, he can outperform his contract. The the needle that's hard to thread is the one where you got Matt Stafford or you got Jimmy Garoppolo or you got Matt Ryan as your quarterback. That's when it becomes hard because not just what the quarterback is doing from a production standpoint, but how his pay scale impacts the rest of the roster. Mm -hmm. And that's the scary part about where the Dallas Cowboys find themselves because now that Dak Prescott has essentially won the negotiation against Jerry Jones the first time around, he's in a position to keep winning it because of the leverage that he holds over the franchise. He has a $60 million cap hit in 2024. The only way the Cowboys can get that down is by giving him a contract extension or trading him. Either way, it puts them in a bind when it comes to how they build out the team around the quarterback in future years, knowing you got to pay CeeDee Lamb and you got to pay Michael Parsons. So there's no easy answers in Dallas, but now you have to ask yourselves, what's the best best path for us to get to a championship? Because as we saw against the 49ers, even with Dak Prescott as your quarterback, your team isn't close. How much more evidence do we need to see against teams that are considered contenders for the Cowboys to understand you're not close to where the 49ers and where the Philadelphia Eagles are? It's almost the worst position for the Cowboys to be in, right? To have a tweener as the at the quarterback because – if you don't want to pay him that money, well, the market's going to dictate that that's what he's going to get, right? Yes. And he's, as you've mentioned, is not going to take a penny no, less. No, sh- nor should he. Nor should he. Nor should he. Um, but what are you going to do then? This is a team that's allegedly built to win right now. Are you going to start over? Are you going to be able to find someone out there that's going to be able to come in and outperform what you've seen from Dak? It's there's n- there's no clear cut answer for what to do in Dallas. No, I'm looking, I'm looking at Evan like I don't know. Listen, I don't know the answer, Smalls. As you're asking the question, I don't know the answer. And I was asking Dominique Foxworth <laughs> and Jeff other. Saturday, who were in the production meeting for Get Up, and we were having this conversation. And I'm just sitting there saying to myself, if I've got to re- make this decision in order to like, if I'm the wearing the GM hat now, I get I get it, Jerry Jones the GM. But if you're in the personnel department for the Dallas Cowboys and you've got to feed your family based on the decision, do we pay Dak or do we trade Dak? I'm uncomfortable going down both pathways. Yeah. I am, but if I'm looking at the the history of the Super Bowl over the last decade, decade and a half. There is a, a surefire way of being able to get, well, not a surefire, but there is a, a way where I have a better chance of being able to get there as opposed to how I'm doing it, which is having a quarterback on a rookie deal. I'm, I'm not sitting here saying that it's a lock that the Cowboys should move off of Dak Prescott. What I am saying is based on how the negotiation goes, this should absolutely be an option on the table because we've seen other franchises in recent memory do it with quarterbacks on rookie deals while also having top-tier talent in other areas of their team. So is it that? Is it that an NFL team Super Bowl window is definitively in that QB's first three to four years? Or if you have a Hall of Famer, obviously, the in-between is where we don't think it necessarily is. You can be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line by calling us at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the ones fans deserve. Um, so basically what we're doing here, and I want to get to the QBs that are their clock is ticking in a second here. Um, if you listen to the show, first of all, thank you and watch. We appreciate it. Second of all, if you trust our opinions, even more so thank you, which means if you're in Cleveland, maybe, if you are in Tennessee, if you're in Seattle, if you're in New York with the Giants, 
and other places, you're a little bit more ner- Dallas, you're a little bit more nervous today than you were a year a uh, day ago. Yeah. Because we have just pointed out while you think your hopes are high here, you're actually in big trouble because you have QBs in no man's land right now. All right, so I'm going to give you a QB. You tell me right now if their clock is ticking on their time as a starter for their team. All right? So I'll, I'll throw out the TV, the TV, the QB, <laughs> and you tell me if the clock is ticking. Mac Jones, New England, clock ticking? Yes or no? No, no. It's expired? It's no, I, no, I don't think it's ticking. Here's the thing. I think Mac Jones has the potential to be a starting quarterback for the Patriots in 2024. Now, he may be a bridge quarterback to whatever you're going to do because I think they're going to do a hard reset after this season. Not just with the coaching staff in the front office, but also at the quarterback position. Mac Jones can be a part of whatever the bridge is to when your next quarterback is ready to take over. So that's why I don't think the clock is ticking on him. I, I still think there's an opportunity or the potential for him to be a starter in 2024. Oh, I think the clock is ticking. If we're doing like Days of Our Lives, Sands by the Hourglass, <laughs> the beads are running out. Like the 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 gr- kernels of sand are running out. Is it kernels? Grains of sand, Grains of sand. are go. running out on Mac Jones. I'm with you. If they're going to do a wholesale sweep. Don't you think the quarterback's part of that? No, I do. I do think that Mac Jones' days as a starting quarterback for the Patriots are numbered, but I, I could see a world where Mac Jones is the week one starter for the Patriots next year on on the way to giving way to a rookie quarterback mm-hmm. that they draft. All right, for, so for the sake of time, here's where I'm going to switch it up on us. I'm going to give you the list. You tell me which one jumps out at you the most in terms of that guy's clock is ticking. So we got Mac Daniel Jones with the Giants. Yes. Russell <laughs> Russell Wilson with the Broncos. Yes. Also, Jimmy yes. G with the Raiders. Kirk mm. Cousins with Minnesota. Jordan Love in Green Bay. Justin Fields with Chicago. The only one that I would say no on is Jimmy G. Just because I, I think he, the Raiders are going to win some games this season. I know it didn't look great on Monday night, but they're going to find ways to win games because that's all Jimmy J does. He's 42-19 and 19 as a starter in this league. As long as he can stay healthy, the Raiders are going to win some games. So I don't think the clock is ticking on Jimmy G, but yes for all of the other ones. For Smalls? all the other quarterbacks. You think Jordan Love? I was going to say, J- Jordan Love's the one for me. This is his first full season as the guy. I think he's got plenty of runway. Well, they hedged by not giving him a fifth-year option. They didn't want to spend that kind of money, yeah. and they did a two-year deal. It's not as if they can't get out of that after this year. So I, the organization told me, we're in wait-and-see mode with Jordan Love. If they had conviction on him, they would have exercised the fifth-year option. The $20 million that they would have had to pay him would be nothing because they know that that would still be below market rate for a quarterback that they think could be a franchise Which guy. is very interesting because technically I don't believe he's any more on a rookie deal because they restructured the whole thing. So he's in that no-man's land we're talking about. He's not a Hall of Famer and not on a rookie deal. Now, he's not paid a ton, but he's no. kind of in that no-man's land. Anybody else jump out of you on that list, Smalls? Uh, no, that's really the only one for me, Jordan Love. I also just can't see Green Bay saying, hey, the guy that – the pick that forced Aaron Rodgers out the door, our bad. We made a mistake. <laughs> I, can't, I can't see them after one year of giving it to him, giving him that short of a leash. You know what's interesting, though? If CeCe's right, and you can go back on the ESPN app and listen to our podcast, he said it's Aaron Rodgers is done. done. Stop. It's done. Then they didn't make the wrong decision. Yeah, they done. actually yeah. got out at the right time because yeah. you're playing the results in that regard. I'm playing the results in that regard, yeah. but the results would work in their favor. Right. All right, coming up, what a surprise. Pat Costello, our producer, is over something. We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. 
Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You see our bad take jar, which Smalls has a dollar in after picking the Orioles to go to the World Series. (laughs) Unfortunately for Smalls and the Orioles, disappointing, but not a disappointment because of the fact that it's such a young team. They get beaten by the um, Texas Rangers, who have just destroyed everybody so far this postseason. Astros won win away after their win last night against Minnesota from going to the ALCS. And, of course, all of the games heard right here on ESPN Radio. All right, each and every day, our producer, Pat Costello, is upset about something. He's over something, and he tells us what with a little round of I'm over it. What's up, Pat? The first one is Drake. We're hearing it right now. Uh, enough is enough. I'm over seeing all this stuff about Drake on X constantly about like him fighting with some other random rappers or, or whatever. Like I'm super over it. Drake has made the same like four songs for the past like decade. Like catch up or go away. Catch up or go away. What's Drake? You're going to take shots? Yeah, he's, he's Javante, like, he's I like see on camera poppy? sitting right next he's to him. Javante is just laughing at Pat he's right like now. He's like the guy version of Taylor Swift at this point. It's like, and all that's right, supposed enough. to be an insult? So you mean he's the most powerful person in his genre? <laughs> hey, yo, yo, you're the girl version of Michael Jordan. Is that a bad thing? Thank you. The, right, exactly. The guy version of Taylor <laughs> Swift. That, any day. that is a compliment. Right, is it? Wait a minute. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. I, I don't know. Wait I don't know. I don't know. Wait a second. I don't know if that's a compliment. I'm seeing somebody the, the, over the, here. The, the guy version of Taylor Swift, I don't know if that's a compliment. She infused really? billions of dollars into no, the economy. I, I understand it being an industry, and that's one thing, yeah, but yeah. it's just like in, in terms of the art form and the persona, I don't know that that's necessarily a compliment for where Drake is at with it. So where are you at with Drake? I kind of lean toward Pat. I enjoy the music. I, don't, don't get me wrong. I enjoy the music. I'm not going to go all Joe Budden right here and, and try to criticize what Drake did for all the dogs. I, I think it's a, a, a solid album, but it reminds me of pretty much every other album that we've heard from Drake since early Drake. Like I think the last one that really, really went hard, I would say, is he take care of views. But, I mean, they're all pretty much the same. But if take it ain't broke, so don't fix take it. Care, take care is outstanding. But I don't understand. Be- so best, best Drake album, yeah, no yeah. question. If it's working, why would he do something different? Like a band that I absolutely love, it's my favorite band, The Killers, right? They're unbelievable in my mind. I think they're phenomenal. They did an album recently that didn't sound like anything else they did. I'm not saying it's bad. It's not for me as a fan of theirs as much as their other stuff. Yeah, but I, I, I can't. I mean, how much do you really need to hear the artist being emo on the track all the time? Like, it's just the evolution of what Drake is talking about in the songs. That's the part that it's just like, all right, dog, we get it. Like, it's, it's, it's really hard for you out here in these Toronto streets. So, it's really hard for you to find love in the six. Okay, dog, we get it. So like, it's like 14 uh, versions uh, of Marvin's uh, Row? Exactly. Like, bro, we, we – You know, I've always wondered that. You've been talking that. about the same thing for a decade, dog. I've you always can't wondered find that love. about it. 
You ain't got a matchmaker? We can't, we can't get you on Tinder somewhere? Like, come on, dog. <laughs> you think Drake needs Tinder? No, I'm just, I don't know. Apparently, he can't find the right one. And he keep talking about it. But maybe he's the problem. Maybe he is the problem. Wait, but you know Cece, what I'm the Cece, you, you have interacted. But based on what he's saying in the songs, it don't make it sound like he knows he's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well no, he better admits it sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. sometimes. He admits okay. it. Yeah. Cece, you have dealt with, in your life, millions of millionaires. Yeah. Many of them had nothing growing up. But, mm-hmm. but I wonder, when does it change? Because what you're saying this about Drake, Drake has spent more years in his life being a millionaire than yes. not having anything. Yes. So does it fall on deaf ears when you're like, hey, I grew up in this area and I didn't have anything? And you're like... I don't understand. You've been a millionaire for 70 years. Like, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like Does it Jay-Z. Switch? Yeah, Jay-Z has had more of his life has had everything sure. than nothing. Okay. Are you still always allowed to talk about the nothing or do we get it? Like, hey, you you had nothing, but you kind of have had everything No, you can always talk about the nothing. You can always talk about the nothing. You can always talk about the nothing. The Got person it. that can't talk is the guy that was born on third base. But unfortunately, a lot of those guys think they hit a triple. When they're born on third base, like the Mark Davises of the world, mm-hmm. th- those are the people that really can't talk a whole right, lot. Right. Like Jim Irsay, pipe down, relax. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Next one, Pat. When you go to someone's house because they're throwing a party or something and the food is just absolute garbage, like just cater. Get like a meatball tray, a lasagna or something. Don't give a me like tray. 10 different sides that five different people are bringing that I have to piece together some awful meal. Like, can we just, can we figure it out, please? Wait, yeah, Pat like Costello is on to something right there. Like, if you're hosting and you're not an amazing, phenomenal cook, go ahead and subcontract. Get a caterer, dog. Like, I get it. Everybody ain't balling. Everybody ain't rich. But there is a restaurant that serves up the hits that everybody likes somewhere in your area. Go ahead and have them come through with the foil pan trays and those little things that light the fire underneath to keep it warm. Yeah, Yeah, you know, nobody knows the name of those little things. But you know (laughs) what I'm talking about. Tweet at on Sports ESPN. What are the names of those lighter things? Yeah, Yeah. go ahead ahead and bring those through and let let them people take care of it. Let everybody be happy. But that's my point, though. It's so simple. Like, don't, don't don't try to skimp on the food or don't try to. Or. Don't have the disillusion that you're a good cook when you're really not. So, if you're inviting people over, make sure the food is on point. There is no excuse for it. And like Pat says, there is no forgiveness if it's not. But is he, Pat, are you saying you don't like a potluck scenario where someone is hosting and everybody brings a dish? That sounds horrible to me, Smalls. Yeah, I, yeah those luck, are no. never good. Because that yeah. doesn't mean that everybody's a good cook. Yeah, That what? means you have an ability to bring something. That's no. a, like my wife is a great cook. But a lot of times I will say... Let's just order food. I don't want like you. Should, you work for a living. You're a mother of two kids. Like, don't worry about this. Let's just go get food elsewhere. And she's great at it. But that doesn't. I'll mean- never say that about my wife. <laughs> Hell no. But she, if she's gonna say her mind to cooking, let me tell you who ain't gonna talk her out of it. Me. Because she's that good. And she's that good. I, I'll say it again. I married the best cook I know. Sorry about that, Mama and Big Mama. But I married the best cook I know. Ain't no way I'm talking my wife out of cooking me a home-cooked meal. You must be out your damn mind, Fco. You must not have kids. You That's must not know what it's like to take care of a 10- and a 7-year-old That's fair. I don't. No kids. You're right. right. You're, right. But, you're right. But, again, the overall point is you're not Bobby Flay. You're not, you're not Giada. You're not a barefoot contestant. You're the regular person hosting a party yes. outsourced to a chef. Next one, Pat. 
Uh, Yankees fans still crying about the Astros <laughs> cheating scandal from six wow. years ago. Wow. Boy, that hasn't, that wow. hasn't happened on this show at all wow. today. Wow. Your team really? stinks. Really Get Pat? over it. You've got really? bigger problems than what happened in 2017. Move on. Well, 2019 too, Pat. Let's not forget about the ALCS in 2019 too, right? What happened with Chapman. I mean, Pat, why do you want me to be over it, though? Those were my last best chances of being able to get back to a World Series and hopefully win another title. We, we, we've been searching for 28 for a real long time. Like, I've just, I, I, it's been over a decade since this franchise has been in the World Series. Why, why do you take this from me? As a Yankees fan, I have so little. They're bringing back Brian Cashman. They're bringing back Aaron Boone. As Yankees fans, we know nothing is going to change. This team got old, slow, unathletic overnight. It's not going to change. So the only thing that I have to hold on to is my hate for the Houston Astros. That's it, Pat. I don't have a lot. Why do you want to take what little I have away from me as a baseball fan? Because I'm over it. You know what I've realized is the sneaky best part for those on the TV I side? Wait. I can't wait till the, till the Braves lambaste the damn Phillies oh, in Citizens happening. Bank Park. But I can't wait for it. When is first pitch today? When is first pitch? When is that? All of it on ESPN Radio. Wait. The sneaky best part of I'm over it is watching on the TV side Javante's face just laughing at Pat. Constantly just looking at Pat like something You is need to wrong stop laughing for free, Javante. <laughs> you got hopes for your Lions this year. You better stop laughing for free. Unsportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.